All right, so emergency podcast. It's been a minute since I've actually gotten on here and talked about it. Um, just going to do a quick recap of Duke thus far. Things I, you know, strengths I see and weaknesses, obviously, and stuff that they're going to have to, I mean, if they haven't already fixed them, it's going to be have it's going to have to be on the fly, as um, ACC play gets into full gear. Um, things that I've really, really liked so far. At first, it was kind of a one-man show with Nazo. We saw Dan O'Connell really kind of struggle in that first game against Denver. I think he was like one for seven or one for six, and honestly, I think his one win was on a violation. Um, Nazo actually kind of stepped in. Even even Ginder got draws before Jake, and I was con- you know I was confused because I know you know they brought in Dan. I thought Dan was going to be taking the bulk of them all year. I thought he would have been someone that takes seventy percent of them, and then Ginder takes about twenty. And I think we I thought we wouldn't have seen Nazo at all, and now here we are, eight games in. And Jake is 65% from the, you know, from the axe. So it's kind of a, kind of interesting how things have played out that way, but I'm really liking what I see from him. Um, one thing that I can't stress enough when he gets the ball is just run away from pressure. If you have to win it to yourself behind you and find Adler or JT or Kenny or Tyler, whoever, um, the less ball carrying for you, the better, especially against a team like Syracuse tonight. That is super, super aggressive, especially from the wing. You know they're going to have Kennedy roaming amongst others. Their D-middies are great. Dearth is fantastic. I mean, they have a really, really good unit. It's going to be a big test for our wings tonight and our clearing, which leads me to our next point. Goalie play has turned out to be phenomenal. Um, knock on wood, Mike Adler has been as good as I thought he was going to be when he stepped foot on the campus. Obviously, we saw kind of, you know, a mixed bag of our goalie play from Denver, Robert Morris, etc. But he's kind of established himself as the guy. He's 60% clip right now, which it's going to, you know, it's going to dip because, you know, you have Syracuse and then North Carolina and then, you know, Notre Dame. North Carolina again, Virginia mixed in there. I mean, it's just a brutal six-game six stretch. I'd be really surprised if Duke won four games, which that's not a bad thing. You know, you want a couple dings on your resume when you go into the tournament. I want to get to the tournament. Obviously, that's thinking a little bit too far ahead. You know, we, we have a top-five opponent tonight. We have the number one team who unseated us last week because we – you know, had played some lesser competition. They, you know, kind of beat up on Virginia. But North Carolina is going to be the big test. Syracuse is the big test first. And then you, you trickle down and you have a lethal Virginia offense that's still finding its identity. Um, and a typical Notre Dame stout defense with a lot of actually new and improving pieces on offense. Um very scary conference, probably the scariest the conference has been in the better part of a decade, honestly. I mean, it's just everybody's good. Every game is going to be tough. There's not one single team in this conference that's going to go undefeated. Mark my words. 
it's they're just it's just too good. It's too good top to bottom. It's too well coached. Everybody has tons of experience. Even even Notre Dame, who last year would have been kind of the outlier for experience because they lost so many kids the year prior. Every one of those guys got a handful of games under their belt last year. They got experience. They got a, a chance to play against other defenses. They didn't go an entire year of not playing, which is which is great for that Notre Dame team because, you know, I think they were 2-2 two and two when the season ended last year. They, they saw what it felt like to lose. They saw what it felt like to have a little bit of offensive and defense, defensive success last year. So Notre Dame is going to be great. Virginia, who, I mean, has been kind of like – a bottom dweller in the ACC as of recent. Already has two knocks against them in ACC. They got buried by Syracuse in their opener, conference opener. And then if it wasn't for a really good late fourth quarter push, was getting absolutely pummeled by North Carolina as well. The big issue, I think, for Virginia, and not to continue to stray away from Duke here, but it's their defense. It's always going to be their defense, and that's why in years past Virginia's gone into a zone because they just can't stop anybody one-on-one. It's, it's, you know, it's been kind of a nightmare. That mixed with the turnovers. Virginia, since, my, my goodness, probably Danny Gladding, and maybe even before, was always super reliant on one elite offense. I mean, we're not going to... They're not going to hold any great opponents under ten goals. They're just that's just not how their their game is is molded. They're going to try to win as many face offs as they can. They've always been super super good on ground balls. They've always been elite on clearing, and they've always had usual very good goalie play, which again they do this year. Um, but your goalie play can only carry you so far when your offense when your defense is giving up 60, 70 shots a game. As we saw against North Carolina, they were just stepping down and cranking four or five times every possession, it seemed. Um, your goalie can only stand on his head for so long. But anyways, let me get back on topic here with with um, with Duke. And I think a weakness that stems from goalie play and beyond is the fact that our clearing with our SSDMs, short stick team eddies, excuse me, it's not good. Um now we've gotten away with having kind of mediocre clearing because we haven't played anybody great. I mean, Jacksonville, High Point, Robert Morris. I mean, these are not great teams. These are teams that we have just embarrassed, buried. And, you know, we've gotten by because our offense is so good and our facing off has been great that we can build a lead. And... You know, it, it's going to be able to carry us. The teams just won't be able to battle back from that deficit. Um, but against a team like Syracuse, who who rides tremendously, um, Owen Heltz is great on the ride. We have to kind of steer clear of his side because some for some unbelievable reason, he just has a great ability to just land checks in the ride. He's caused a bunch of turnovers. He did it against Virginia a few times. Um... I think that's going to be an issue, you know, how Terry and, you know, our long stick middies and Cambridore, how, how they can, excuse me, Garrett Ledman, not Cambridore, how they can, you know, avoid turnovers in that end of the field because you can't give Syracuse a lot of opportunities because Syracuse thrives off of 
broken plays. That's where players like Scanlon and Rafus and Hiltz and, you know, obviously their whole first midfield are so abs- – I mean, even Dirth. They're just really good at, at taking, you know, kind of sc- the scramble drill and putting it to, to real-life game. So goalie saves to clears has to be good. Restarts when we win the backup has to be good. They have to be great. They have to be – you know, 95% tonight, you know, those things, those types of things against a really good Syracuse team are going to make the difference in winning and losing. Um, again, it's, they're just, they're just good at a lot of things. It's Syracuse. They're coached by a legend. They have a bunch of returners. They have a fantastic first midfield. I mean, they beat Holy Cross by 10 goals last week and they didn't get a point out of two of their three midfielders from the first line. So that just goes to show you how lethal they are. Um, I'll get to the offense for Duke in a second, but defense. That is going to be interesting because as most people who watched that Syracuse Holy Cross game noticed, Chase Scanlon was actually starting to dodge a little bit. Now, it could have been the, you know, bad opponent, you know, the, I mean, I don't want to give Scanlon too much credit because through like one and a half seasons at Syracuse, he's been, well, not even one and a half seasons, like not even a full season yet. He's been completely, you know, useless as a Dodger. I mean, let's put it that way. It's a rude way to put it, but he doesn't dodge. And he's been actually matched up with a short stick because of that. Which, you know, you kind of have to. And you, you hope that Scanlon keeps continuing continuing to not, you know, incorporate that part of his game into the offense because, you know, you, you want to double pull the midfield. You want to put a long pull. Like, we want to put um, Tyler and Braden on Curry and Dordovic tonight or, or Trimboli, whoever has a more favorable matchup. If you can't shut down Scanlon with a short stick then you have to bring a pole back down and now you're you know leaving two elite midfielders against a shorty now I have all the faith in the world with our you know short stick D-Middies I think they're you know they're very good and they're obviously extremely experienced um Guerra is playing short stick D-Midi for the first time but you know you have you have good players down there and we have really good long stick middies that are going to cause havoc, and I think you're going to put... I think you're going to see Tyler guarding Curry. I think you're going to see um, Braden Burke guarding Dordovic, and I think you're going to see probably Terry Lindsay going down and, and guarding Chase Scanlon, at least for portions of the game. I don't think you're going to see it all game. I think you're going to see several different looks from Donowski. Um, as far as the other two attackmen go... JT and Brower interchangeable with Syracuse because I trust both of them against either opponent. I think you'll see Kenny on Owen Hilt because there's a better size matchup. Not saying JT's not strong enough to hold his own against anyone, but we saw Kenny get the Asher Nolting matchup and he was great. You know, Asher scored a couple late goals in the fourth when the game was already a 20-point deficit for high point, and 
they weren't even against Kenny. Kenny held them to two points, and his one goal against Kenny was because Kenny tripped on the net. So, and that was in like the first minute or so. Um, I would love to see JT on Ravis. I think Ravis is. I'm not a. I'm not a huge fan of his, as any Syracuse fan would know. But I think Stephen is very crafty, and he 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 finds a lot of soft spots in the defense for feeds. Um, the goal for JT would be to constantly be on Rafus's hands. Don't let him get off those feeds because Syracuse has guys that move off ball constantly. And they're going to finish. They're great finishers. So sticks across their hands. Watch the lanes. Watch the back doors. Head on a swivel. That's all you can ask for from the defense because this is the best offensive opponent Duke has played all year. And aside from North Carolina, it will be the best offense they play all year. And that's including Virginia. Um, on the offensive side, I'm not incredibly familiar with Syracuse's defenders outside of Wyckoff and Kennedy. I imagine Mitch Wyckoff is going to draw Sowers. I mean, I think he's very good as a defender. I think he was probably a D1 kid out of the gate, and he decided to go to Division Three Gettysburg, where he was great. He was an All-American. But, man... That is a gauntlet for a former D3 standout defenseman to go from that to the ACC. And he's already had Matt Moore, who I believe he held to, like, just a few points. Maybe not even a few. He might have only had one or two. I think Matt only had one assist. I don't even know if he scored. He was, like, 0 for 10 shooting that night. Which, it could have been a different story if he was hitting his shots. I mean, but still, disruptive on defense is what Mitch is, what he always has been. I was really kind of jealous that Syracuse got him because I do follow D3 too, and I have followed Mitch, and I, I mean, he's a he's a dominant pole. Big matchup though. He's get he gets Sowers, and in the future he'll get Pat Kavanaugh and Chris Gray, and he'll have to play Matt Moore again. It is not ideal, but it is there is no better way to prepare yourself for maybe a professional career than playing against arguably the best college players in the game as of right now. Um, our midfielders versus their short stick D-middies and versus Kennedy is going to be a treat, I think. You'll see Brett Kennedy probably guard Nakai or Owen Caputo, I would imagine. Um, that will be, that will be interesting because Brett, as a close defender, was really out of his element. He wasn't good from guarding below X. He's best served as someone who can roam. And he's obviously been much better since that Army game. He, he got exposed against Army. And then even against even against Virginia at the beginning of the game, he was guarding more, and he got lit up a couple times on dodges. Luckily, he, they weren't finished, but he just looked out of sorts. He went back to LSM that game. He's a ball hawk. He's great on ground balls. He's great in transition. He's a guy that... Duke is going to have to pick up and transition because he's definitely not afraid to let shots go. Um, very good stick. Reminds me of a bigger, bulkier Joel White. Not as smooth, not as swift, not as skilled, but still very good and will be somebody that Duke has to keep an eye on when they're dodging and when they're riding because that could be an instant fast break. Picked up passes going the other way. You kind of have to jump into your fast break and we want to avoid those. 
Um, goalie played for Syracuse is elite. I think Drake Porter, and I've said this a couple times, and I'm not a Syracuse fan. Again, I have to reference that. But Drake Porter, in my opinion, is the best ball stopper in college lacrosse. He is just good high, good low, very aware, very good communicator. I mean, that Army game was a fluke. It was kind of like similar with Adler. Adler got lit up by Denver in the first quarter before he got benched. And I think it's just, you know, kind of getting reacclimated with the game. You're not going to see the ball as well. And then you eventually, you round into form. And, and for goalie play, it's it's better sooner than later because you don't want to lose your job all year. Um, but, yeah, that's – I think the game is going to come down to, like, two or three things that have to go right for either team to win. Um, I think the offenses are going to be fine either way for both teams. I think Syracuse will get their goals because I think they'll exploit matchups on offense. I think they'll avoid going against players like Tyler and players like JT and – I think they'll exploit the short stick D-middies. I think it's going to come down to goalie play, face-offs, and clears. If Duke can clear it at a great clip, because Duke doesn't ride like Syracuse and Virginia do. They they kind of like sit back in a prevent ride, and they, they want you to like hold the ball inside of your half until something is freed up in the midfield, and then they want to make that cross-field pass to get going. It can work if you kind of start to push them back towards their own restraining line. But if you let them hover closer to midfield, the percentage kind of dips against Duke. Um, Whereas Syracuse, Virginia, even North Carolina, and I'm sure Notre Dame, I've only watched them against Marquette, um, which they didn't really need to ride against that team because Marquette's now 0-5 or 0-6. But they pressure Now, granted, it's different when you're doing restarts versus when you have a goalie save and you go into your ride. That's different because now you have to pick up the goalie as an actual player, actual field player. Is he going to leave the cage and circle the crease, or is he going to just outlet it immediately to a long stick? So you kind of have to, like, pull down on your pole and then just stay with your short stick D-middies until they're subbing. Um, I think... I think Duke has to be really smart with how they operate in clears. I think you kind of almost have to to pinpoint a specific short stick or pole. Tyler would obviously be my choice to cross the ball. I like Braden. I'm not super, you know, I mean, I like Jake Caputo, and I, I love Terry Lindsay, and they're great players, but they, they're shaky with the ball. Um, unless it's a wide-open clear. I trust their stick in the open and getting the ball to what it needs to get to, but getting through traffic and beating two, double teams and crossing and not getting stripped is, it, it makes it makes a pit in my stomach. <laughs> I'll be honest. Um, so, honestly, to get the ball up the field as quick as you can before Syracuse can get into their ride is something that Duke has to do tonight. I think another thing that could affect Syracuse more so than Duke is conditions. Um, I don't know the, the you know the weather in Durham, but that's a grass field, Koskinen. Syracuse has played every game at home this year, and they're not used to the wind and possible rain if there's rain or grass field conditions. It's just something that 
they're not used to. And I mean, granted, Syracuse is good enough to get over that small hump, but it's something that Duke should exploit and take advantage of early before Syracuse gets their footing. Um, like I said, I'm super nervous about this game. Uh, I'm trying to talk myself into not being nervous because Duke's ain't no, and they look great, but they haven't played a team like this yet. So, you know, obviously I am erring on the side of pessimism because, one, Duke just isn't really good against Syracuse in the regular season. And, two, Syracuse is so good at in-game adjustments as far as offensive operation goes that you can never kind of sit back in your chair and be like, okay, well, now we have it. Now we're in control. Because if you've watched any Syracuse for the past few years, they're called the cardiac kids for a reason. They'll get down, but they'll always fight back. Just like Duke, two years ago at CNS, when they got up, God, I think it was 8-4 in the fourth, and they folded like an accordion. And you can't do that against a good team like Syracuse. You can never relax, and I say this all the, t- all the time about the Duke basketball team too, step on their throats if you can. You know, and I think it's going to be a battle. I think it's going to be a game that is going to go right down to the last couple possessions. Um, and that's, that's ACC lacrosse this year. So that being said, my prediction for tonight is Duke 15, Syracuse 13. I'm trying to be optimistic, but I have a, a weird feeling in my stomach. Um, so... 7 o'clock, ACC Network, in Durham, Duke Q's, 2 versus 4. It's going to be a battle, folks. It's going, to be a, it's going to be a big game. It's going to be something that is going to be a resume builder for one of these teams. So tune in. Let's go Devils.